0: I think marketers and admissions folks are really going to be using a number of key AI items that we're not even talking about. Schools and individuals are looking to connect and collaborate and really talk about thought leadership, what's happening in the independent school marketplace.
1: Of course, being in Utah, we had to go see the Book of Mormon. So today I'm talking to Scott Delville. He works at Final Sight. Let's get into this episode right now welcome back to i'd rather be at the beach brought to you by me i'm simon and i run the bonjour agency if you work in an independent school then this is the podcast for you where we don't talk about work but we do talk to people in the independent school sector it's fun it's fascinating it's fabulous so let's jump into it scott Welcome to this episode of the podcast. How are you doing today?
0: I am doing well, Simon. Thank you so much for uh, for having me. And it was such a pleasure meeting you at the uh, AMCIS conference uh, last month.
1: Dying to talk to you a little bit more about that. But first of all, tell us uh, just where you're coming to us from and what time of day it is with you.
0: Oh, so I am out in uh, Salt Lake City, uh, Utah, out in the uh, states. It's a uh, beautiful, uh, bright uh, 8 a.m. in the uh, morning out here, and uh, this time of year uh, we get uh, quite a bit of snow out here in uh, in Salt Lake. So I know the uh, the ski resorts are excited, uh, and just a a little. Uh, uh, excitement about uh, Salt Lake City. We got uh, a notification about two weeks ago. We're going to get the Olympics, uh, hopefully, out here in uh, 2034. So, uh, really exciting times uh, to
1: be in uh, Salt Lake City. Wow. Awesome. That, that'd be the Winter Olympics, then, I'm guessing. Is that the right? The Winter Olympics in
0: 2034.
1: Yeah. Wow. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. I, I didn't know that. I didn't hear that. that, that that's, yeah. that's really good news. Yeah. And then Salt Lake City, is that in, this is testing my geography now of the U.S., is that Nevada or Utah, somewhere around there? It's in Utah, yes. So uh,
0: due west of uh, Colorado, about a uh, thousand miles east of uh, San Francisco.
1: Okay, all right. I flew to Los Angeles uh, a while ago, well, about two months ago, and I think that I would have flown over Salt Lake City. I'm not sure, but I, remember, I think I remember seeing it on the on the on the moving map on the back sure. of the seat.
0: Sure. Yeah. Yeah,
1: yeah, good, good. Yeah. Okay, now you work for Final Sight.
0: Yes, uh, I've been with uh, Final Sight now for almost five years, and uh, I work with our uh, new schools across the uh, globe. Uh, so I am the uh, team uh, leader for uh, global partnerships. Uh, really looking to uh, see what schools need our help, uh, also what schools, but also provide guidance and uh, and recommendations. I think one of the the roles of of this of this job is being a trusted advisor. You know, giving schools are not typically used to buying software or re, uh, redesigning their website. They need kind of a guide and such. And so that's really where my team comes into play mm. to really help schools and really kind of think about how they should be looking at uh, their marketing efforts and how they should be looking at their enrollment efforts uh, okay. across the board.
1: All right. Sure. Now, and you and I met each other at the Amkis conference. We did. Uh, that that was, uh, so we're recording this on the 12th December. That event was, was that the back end of November? I'm, I can't November remember November 16th. November 16th so nearly a month ago yes. um, now you gave a talk uh, on it was a talk on AI wasn't it that I, Correct. I I couldn't stick around for which I was really annoyed about I needed to jump on a train and zip off somewhere else but tell us a bit about what the talk was about uh, and and more importantly how it applies to people who who work in marketing and admissions in, in schools
0: so uh the uh, the AI is is cu- full come on the scene uh over the uh, the past year uh to Shockingly, it was November thirtieth of twenty twenty two when, uh Chat GPT came on uh, online, and in five days they had a million over a million users, and so it's unreal, uh, isn't it? No, AI has just taken a, a a you know has taken the world by storm, and I think my talk was really more about just what how can AI be your personal assistant, but also understanding how AI works too as well, and so from a personal assistant standpoint, when we talk about AI, we talk about you know, as uh, marketing directors, you're required to you know not only build your website, look at content, but also SEO, uh, Google, pay-per-click, social media. And AI can help you with those processes by understanding how AI works and how families can find you. More and more families, they're on their phones. Uh, they're looking for answers. And so AI is that clear channel for them. And so understanding as marketers how to uh, how ai works but then how ai can be used to your advantage uh for marketing purposes i think is really going to be that story that marketers are going to tell over the uh the next year and then from the admission side i think really you're asked to devise content you're asked to personalize and and such and so a lot of times that can be quite daunting uh for uh for some admissions folks uh when you have and wear a number of hats uh, along the way. And so with AI, AI can really help you with those prompts, with those messaging. Uh, while AI isn't the answer, Uh, to everything, uh, but it kind of gives you that framework. And so that was what my talk was about. And then I even kind of sprinkled a little uh, information in because this week, some new information kind of came out about AI is um, with data and AI, there comes regulation. The EU has enacted what's called the AI Act. Uh, So this is the regulation and ai i think there's just a story that's just starting here uh simon uh that we'll have to really be uh paying attention to over the uh, the course of the next year and then really what the future holds uh for ai mm. you know it was just last year that ai kind of came onto the scene and now um, the possibilities are limitless. So I think marketers and admissions folks are really going to be using a number of key AI items that we're not even talking about uh, right now. And so mm. in the next uh, five to ten years. And so that was a uh, that was kind of an overview of of my session. It was great. A number of great questions at the end of the uh, the session, I think uh, it really kind of uh, opened up the eyes of admissions professionals mm. uh, as to how they can really be using AI uh, not only now but in the uh, and kind of watch what the trends are in the future.
1: Scott, I'm going to ask you a question about this that you may not be expecting me to ask, um, which is that most of the people that I see talking about AI or investing their time in AI, maybe being a a thought leader in the world of AI or or creating their own jobs in AI, they tend to be men. I I don't see many women doing this. Is, is, Is that a cause for concern at all or is it simply that Men seem to be more interested in shiny new objects a bit more than than women tend to be. <laughs> I don't know. No, that's a,
0: no. That's an interesting perspective, uh, Simon. I, I didn't really think of it like that. Um, no, to your point. Uh, no, I mean, I look at the uh, the heads of uh, Open uh, Open AI, uh, Sam uh, Altman, uh, who uh, who leads uh, um, the uh, the Chat GPT efforts. He's kind of the uh, that uh, the revolutionary item. Um, you're, to your point, you're right. Uh, I haven't seen too many uh, women. I'll, I'll have to kind of that might be a takeaway from our conversation today uh, to get back to you to kind of see who are really leading women leading the charge uh, from AI. But to your point, uh, it 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 has been a lot of uh, men uh, dominated uh, field and, and kind of leading the research and such. So no, that's a good takeaway uh, from uh, from today's discussion.
1: Okay, and not long ago, I I received an email through uh, you mentioned about Chat GPT. Uh, and the email said, uh, Mr. Jones, we, we invite you or you're, you're now on the list of people who can get ChatGPT 4 instead of 3.5. Uh, I, I don't know a great deal about AI. I don't know a great deal about ChatGPT. I have used it a few times. Sure. But, but sh- should I be upgrading to 4 and paying for it or am I quite okay using 3.5? You as an individual
0: are quite uh, okay using uh, three point five uh, Jet Ch- Chat GPT. Uh, there are a number, and I, and I talked about this in my session too as well. Is that AI? There will be subscription services for various AI items, and so as an individual, I would say you're okay using the uh, the free version. Another version to uh, to take a look at is a uh, a site called Pi. PI.ai is another free version. I think the individuals that are looking for that paid version are going to be looking at it more from a, I would say, um, that need key data points or uh, specific. Items really maybe lawyers or doctors I think um, or even organizations that may look to uh, to to need more data or more analysis done and I think that's where those subscription and and paying that additional twenty dollars a month really would benefit uh, those uh, organizations. But as an individual, you're okay using the uh, the free version. It's it's a great version and uh, it gives you the information that you need. Um, and uh, you know so I again. Uh, but I think, you know, while ChatGPT is the kind of go to all, um, take a look at pi.ai if you get a chance. It's another free option. I think you'll see a lot more uh, free uh, generative AI options uh, down the road.
1: Okay. Last question on AI. Yes. Um, I heard somebody say recently that we had the industrial revolution and then then we had the dawn of the internet and, you know, these are big pivotal changes in in our in our society. And the person was saying that the introduction of AI is going to have as much of an impact on the world as the internet did. Is, is that true?
0: Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I think the things that you can do today uh, with AI as far as getting answers to questions immediately, uh, helping out with uh, presentations, helping out with getting the uh, various questions answered immediately, I think AI really is that next revolution that we're seeing. Uh, and then um, what can be done not only in schools, but across the world, uh, AI can really connect us uh, together too as well. So yes, Simon, I think AI is is really going to be pivotal in, in the next five, years years. And what mm. we see now is just uh, the uh, the tip of the iceberg uh, for uh, for what AI is really going to bring to mm. the uh, to the marketplace.
1: Okay. Well, we'll have to wait and see. Uh, it's, yes. it's certainly interesting times and uh, it's going to get more and more interesting, I think. Scott, let's jump back into the schools world. What, what do you see as being the main differences between schools in the US and schools in the UK?
0: You know, Simon, uh, I I got a chance to uh, to visit schools while I was over in uh, London, and you know, there's not too much difference. Uh, We're all looking for the right. We're all looking to tell our story and our brand, and we're looking for the right mission-fit students to fill our school community. I think from just a a minor differences as far as how uh, students are classified by the year levels, the the GSEs, and the sixth form, uh, how those classifications translate over into uh, the um, the US market or some of the uh, small differences and then how candidates are reviewed as part of uh, the uh, recruitment process. I think from the United States perspective, it's more on a scoring basis where I think uh, over in, uh, in the uh, UK and, and Europe, it's more based upon specific attributes and such. And so there aren't really too many differences. I think at the end of the day, we're looking for uh, what students can uh, really excel and, and succeed and then go on and, and really be our champions and cheerleaders uh, down the road uh, at, uh, for our school uh, now and in the future.
1: What do you remember about your own school?
0: Oh, so I attended a uh, all boys uh,
1: Catholic school
0: in uh, right outside of uh, St. Louis, where I was, uh, where I grew up, and uh, I had the uh, the brothers. Uh, so uh, they were the uh, the brothers of uh, Marianist uh, Catholic uh, uh, faith and. I think what, uh, what I took back from my, uh, schooling is, is that they provided me the discipline and structure that I have, uh, today as a, uh, as a seventh grade student coming in, uh, I was a little bit of a wild child. So, uh, really getting that structure and discipline, uh, I think, and, and focus, I think really helped me, uh, go on to a uh, university and then go on to, uh, the, uh, you know, the various jobs that I've held, uh, and, and to, uh, to what I do today to really, uh, to help, uh, Um, private school. So it was a lot of fun uh, kind of getting started. And that's really been my inspiration uh, is where I started and uh, to where I am today.
1: And when you left school, did you have any idea that you'd be doing a job which took you around the world to places like London and, and Barcelona as well? No,
0: not at all. Um, though, uh, when I was in uh, high school, I did per- I did get a chance to uh, participate in a, uh, a three-week uh, exchange program over in uh, Alsace uh, as part of uh, my French studies. And so I think that was my uh, kind of my inspiration to start seeing the world. My wife and I, we've gotten a chance to see nearly 50 countries uh, around the world. And so, uh, you know, the, the culture and 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 how uh, people are are warm and friendly uh, throughout the world. I think is is something that a lot of people should really experience uh, throughout the uh, the course of their life.
1: Tell me something about your wife. How long you've been married for? And you mentioned about traveling together. Tell me something yeah. about that.
0: Yeah. So uh, my wife is also in education uh, too as well. Uh, she was formerly a uh, a dean. Uh, that's what uh, brought us out here uh, to uh, Salt Lake City. And uh, we've been married now for uh, in uh, next year it'll be thirteen uh, lovely years. We got married in uh, Philadelphia. Uh, I was her uh, boss at uh, my first job out of college was at uh, a uh, rent <laughs> car. Uh, yeah, I know. Uh, <laughs> my first job out of college was at uh, Enterprise uh, Rent a Car, and uh, I was the uh, manager, and uh, she was one of my employees. But she's now one. Of, she's now the boss of uh, of the uh, household now. So, uh, but uh, no, we've gotten a chance, uh, Simon, to uh, to. Turn traveled to some really interesting places. I think one of the most interesting places uh, to see throughout the uh, the world was uh, was the chance to stand in Red Square in uh, in Moscow. I don't know how many Americans uh, will get that opportunity uh, to do that uh, now and in the uh, in the future, but to see that, just to stand in the awe of of that, uh, and to you know just to feel like what what happened in the Red Square and how. Um, you know, just how history has, has evolved. It, it's something to, it's something really exciting to see. And that's really what I loved about London too, as well, being there for the uh, first time uh, back in uh, November, just to kind of stand in front of Westminster Abbey and stand in front of Buckingham Palace and and just look out over uh, London Bridge to see, you know, the history of London, just to kind of stand in awe that, you know, they, that, uh, you know, some of these, uh, you know, iconic uh, landmarks have been here for thousands of years. Uh, and just to kind of, you know, just how small, you know, sometimes we are. And, and how uh, history has been, uh, you know, is just it's so amazing to kind of just stand in, in some of the uh, the places that have uh, stood the test of time.
1: I always find it interesting talking to Americans in particular about their experience of visiting the UK. Uh, my, my best friend lives in L.A. and every okay. time he comes across to, to London, he's, he's pointing out things that I would just walk past and wouldn't even think twice about. But he's standing there in just awe and wonder at, this, at these creations from, you know, things from hundreds of years ago that I just kind of think, oh, OK. But it gives me a fresh perspective. It makes me look at it with a new set of eyes and think, actually, that is pretty amazing. Yeah. Um, and and th- th- there is a lot of incredible stuff in this country, but a lot of incredible stuff in America as well. Tell yes. me something about Salt Lake City, which is which is incredible, actually.
0: Yes. Yes. So uh, there are uh, 50 national parks uh in the uh, United States and so 5 of them are in uh, Utah And So if 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 you or any of your listeners ever get the chance to go to uh, to Utah, I would say uh, visit one of our national parks. They are absolutely breathtaking. Uh, And again, when we talk about, you know, visiting other countries and just seeing some of the awe, uh, the architecture and the landscape to see uh, some of these rock formations, uh, I would definitely have people check out what's called Delicate Arch, which is at Arches uh, National Park. And it's just an arch. Uh, that's been there for thousands of years and it's just you come around a corner and it's it, there it is. It's just kind of and it's breathtaking. And usually uh, f- uh, folks will uh, be uh, sitting there either at sunrise or sunset. And uh, it, it's quite uh, it's quite inspiring to uh, mm. to view. And so uh, my wife and I we love to uh, to go hiking and love to really be outdoors. As part of, uh, you know, as part of what yeah, Utah offers, we haven't made it to all five parks uh, yet, uh, but uh, there are, uh, yeah, there are some amazing, uh, um, uh, just really amazing outdoor items to do here in uh, in Utah.
1: Just a quick thing, you're here listening to this podcast episode, but for a moment, imagine that you've got your own school podcast that you use either for the recruitment of pupils or that you use for alumni relations. Here at Bonjour, we help schools have their own podcast by creating them with all the technical background being done for you. We get them onto Apple Podcasts and Spotify, sure, but then we work with your school to ensure there's consistent content coming for each episode. For your first five episodes, you could do something like meet the head in episode number one. Find out what the head is really like in their spare time, what they get up to at the weekend. Maybe the admissions process in episode two, where we hear from the admissions manager and a parent who went through that process 12 months ago. This is super helpful for a prospective parent. Episode three could be some pupils talking about what they like about school. Episode four, one of your alumni on why they loved being a pupil at your school so much. And episode five could be that really enthusiastic head of drama who always raves about the school. This can help with staff recruitment. A podcast for school marketing is easy to start, is less expensive than you might think. Check out the website, thebonjouragency.com for more information. But in the meantime, let's get back into this episode. And one of the things, of course, about America is that, you know, the country is big and, and, and it has a lot of variety. You know, you can go sunbathing, you can go skiing, you can you can go rock climbing, you know, you can do pretty much everything. There's pretty much every season happening at some point um, uh, a, a, across the country. But I guess that, well, at least my experience of being in America is that every time I, I, I'm in one part of America, it seems to be It feels to me like it's that part of America for quite a long time in every direction, as opposed to the UK or most places in Europe, where you can be in the city and then you can travel in any direction. And, you know, after not very much time, you can be out in the country, you know, walking through puddles and woods and stuff like that. Um, But tell me a bit about how Salt Lake City looks, because actually I've never been there before, and how easy it is to escape the centre of Salt Lake City, for example, to experience different environments or different climates or or just different landscapes that kind of thing
0: sure so uh, uh t- about 20 miles away due east of uh of salt lake city is uh, is park city and that's where uh the uh, 2002 olympics uh primarily were uh, were hosted so you have world-class skiing all of the uh different uh, uh winter olympic uh parks are still there and still in use today a lot of uh our, uh, American, uh, and international, uh, um, trainers, uh, come over and use the, uh, facilities. And then when you go about five hours due South, you're in the desert, uh, climate, uh, of, uh, of Utah. And that's where our, uh, national parks, uh, live. And then if you're looking for a lot of fun, uh, you're, we're about five and a half hours from, uh, from Las Vegas. So, uh, it's a, uh, there's a lot to do here in, uh, in Salt Lake City. If you are a, uh, an outdoors, uh, person, uh, and, uh, um, yeah. No, I mean, just and then the beauty. We have uh, the uh, the Wasatch Mountains and then you can probably even see behind me. That's Colorado uh, behind me, too, as well. And so I see. Uh, yeah. yeah. No, I mean, the the western part of the uh, the United States is a uh, is a very beautiful place. And uh, it's uh, uh, Salt Lake City is is one of those cities that's growing. Um, we are a uh, Delta Airlines hub, and so we expect to have more and more uh, folks moving in from uh, other states uh, to uh, to uh, to Utah uh, over the uh, the course of the uh, the next ten years.
1: Actually, I'd forgotten you're you're a Delta hub because um, about three months ago, I, I was I was grabbing a coffee. I, I live in Paris, and there's a guy who was sat at a table next to me, and he was visiting Paris from Salt Lake City. Okay. And, and and I asked him how long he's over for. <laughs> and he said a day and a half. Oh, <laughs> and, <laughs> and it turned out that he worked for Delta. And he, uh, whenever he has like a weekend off or anything like that, instead of going home, he, he, he said he wasn't married, had, he had no children, but he'd just jump on a plane and just go somewhere on on yeah. a on an available seat. Uh, and usually he could travel business class. And so if it was long haul and if there was a seat available in, in business or in first, then he'd jump on it and just go and check out somewhere for for 24 hours so he went from salt lake city to paris for literally yeah. for for a day and a half yeah but he, was, he was a really nice guy he's really interesting and uh yeah i just thought what an, what what a different kind of life to do that sort of thing uh not quite sure that's my jam but but nevertheless <laughs> um but salt lake city i've never been there before but I, i'll put it on the list uh if, please if do. you're raving about please it please do please do um, and maybe in 2034 i think he said i'll be across for the yes. olympics anyway which yes. sounds really good yes um now, we mentioned Barcelona very, very briefly. The only reason I mentioned that is because I remember at Amkiss you said that you were going from London to Barcelona. And I, I remember seeing on LinkedIn, actually, afterwards, after you after that event, various people were there for an event at a school, was it?
0: Yes. So we host what's called uh, Final Sight University. And so we had uh, about 65 attendees uh, come from across uh, Europe. And really what it is, is... You know, now that we're post-COVID, Simon, we are, you know, schools and individuals are looking to connect and collaborate and really talk about thought leadership, what's happening in the independent school marketplace. And so with Final State University, what we do is we host a day and a half event really talking about trends, uh, what's happening in the uh, marketplace for both admissions and marketing folks. And it's a good opportunity to hear what other schools are doing. Most of the time while we're sharing uh, presentations or doing breakout groups, it's just a good opportunity to hear what this school is doing versus this school is doing. And then the collaboration and the conversations begin. Well, we do it like this. How do you do it? And that's really where the connections are made. And that's really where um, the, the, the real value and the real benefit of, of that, uh, of that, uh, process, uh, really, uh, starts to take place. And so it was a great event in, uh, in Barcelona. In fact, uh, in February, we're hosting another event in uh, Bangkok. So I'll be going, uh, to, uh, to Thailand in, uh, late, uh, February. And again, it'll be another admissions and marketing focused, uh, opportunity to, to share more. And so it's, it's just a great way to connect with schools around the world because schools are looking for that, uh, in, person connection now as we kind of come out of that uh, that post-covid world
1: now all of this travel on the one hand seems very glamorous but anyone that does any kind of travel for their work knows that the glamour can fade quite quickly tell us some of the downsides of, of all the travel that you do i
0: i think the one thing simon is waking up at uh, three o'clock in the morning and or you know it, it's 12 <laughs> o'clock in the afternoon somewhere and it's three o'clock in the morning in, in salt lake city so i think one of the uh, the first things is, is making sure you drink a lot of water Get uh get your uh get your jet lag under control and and eat right and so that that's mm-hmm. one of the things I've learned uh over the uh the past years uh in traveling, but then I also think too is 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 keep with uh, brands uh, that you know you know know so I am a, a Hilton guy. So wherever I travel in the world, I always try to stay at a, uh, at a Hilton hotel or I always mm-hmm. try to uh, travel with uh, with Delta. Um, that makes that the, the, the part of travel much easier when you go with a familiar brand and have that loyalty. You're, you tend to uh, to get some extra perks as as part of the uh, the travel process.
1: Mm-hmm. Nice. Let's just jump before we come to an end. Let's just jump into the world of, of music and film and and entertainment like that. If, if I looked at your phone right now, what would I see playing on your on your current playlist?
0: Oh gosh. Well, I'm a big uh my wife and I uh about 2 weeks ago uh we are big fans of the uh, the 1975. Uh they're a uh, a band uh that is up in um that was uh based in uh, Manchester and uh, they uh, they've uh, traveled the world. I've gotten a chance to see them uh 7 times now as they've uh, come oh, to wow. the, uh, the United fan. States. Oh wow. Check so, you out. Yes, yes. So yeah, no a uh, uh, a fan of uh, of the 1975. Uh, film, uh, not too much film, uh, you know, with the, uh, with the strikes and, uh, some of the, uh, the actor strike, we haven't really gotten a chance to go to, uh, to see film, uh, but, uh, the, um, of course, uh, I, I've always, I love to, uh, my wife and I get it anytime we get a chance to go to uh, New York city, uh, we, uh, get to, uh, go see a, uh, a Broadway show. And of course, being in Utah, we had to go see the book of Mormon. And so, uh, that was an opportunity we got a chance to do a couple months ago is, is go see the book of Mormon. So it was an opportunity to, uh, to have a lot of fun and, uh, and, and see. And so, but, uh, yeah, no, that's, that's a little bit about me from, uh, film music and, uh, and theater. Uh, standpoint
1: okay and without giving your age away give me the name of a film that you enjoyed watching when you were a kid oh gosh I'd probably say Shawshank Redemption is probably one of my uh, my
0: favorite movies
1: okay right I can feel people smiling right now thinking to themselves gosh Scott was a kid when Shawshank Redemption (laughs) came out I remember seeing that when I was a full-grown adult (laughs) I even had kids at that point (laughs) awesome okay Scott we're going to bring this to a close at the moment but if anybody wants to connect with you what's the best way for them to do that
0: I am uh, on LinkedIn. Uh, so uh, I will provide you with uh, my uh, my LinkedIn. I'm Scott Delville. It's D-E-L-L-E-V-I-L-L-E. Uh, please connect with me on LinkedIn. I'm really interested to not only talk about marketing, admissions, and AI, but really what's to come as the next trend
1: in uh, independent schools across the world. Awesome. Sounds really good. Scott, it's been great talking to you. Thanks very much for your time. Simon, thank you for having me. So you've just reached the end of this episode. If you would like to have a podcast in your school for your own school marketing, then zip on over to www.thebonjouragency.com. We get your school podcast up and running and we keep it going for consistent episodes coming out regularly. But if you don't want a podcast, then you're still welcome here at I'd Rather Be at the Beach because we're just like a big family here. Anyway, the next episode's coming out soon, so click that option to follow or subscribe. It just means that you won't miss it. We'll see you next time. Bye for now.